0: Hey, everybody, this is Daniel Patrick. This is episode number 74 of the Mandolins of Beer Podcast, brought to you in part by my favorite website, the Mandolin Cafe. Happy New Year! Good to be back with the regular episodes here. Um, I meant to start it up last week, but unfortunately, my wife was diagnosed with COVID, and so it was a little little weird around here the last week and a half. So she's feeling much better and, and on the mend, and everybody here is healthy, so, so we made it through that. But it was a pretty scary... Scary for a couple days, so anyhow, glad to be back doing this. I have been doing the kickoffs um, the uh, first of the year. I thought I'd learn a bunch of kickoffs here and post them on Instagram. And And if you join my Patreon page, the $8 subscriber version, I've been posting a slowed-down version and the tablature for it. And I'm also going to be doing, once I have all 31 of the licks transcribed out, I'm also going to be putting out just like a little bit of an ebook and maybe a PDF one as well. I'll look into that, so... So got that going on. Um, And also going on, Peghead Nation, starting Saturday. It's eight sessions every other Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, Sharon Gilchrist's Melodic Embellishment, A Doorway to Improvisation. Uh, It's a series designed for beginning- to intermediate-level mandolinists and players of instruments tuned in fifths. So, you know, bring your fiddle. Uh, Looking to start improvising or to increase your improvisational skills, and it'll be held every other Saturday from 11 to 12 p.m., PST, or that's 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and it's this Saturday, and it ends April 24th. It's going to be awesome. You'll get PDFs, notation, and tab. You'll get audio MP3s of every song, and you'll have access to recordings of every workshop, and workshop recordings will be available to students a week after each class. So that way, if you miss a class and you want to review what you learned, you can do it that way so sharon's awesome um she's going to be using some old time and bluegrass tunes like old joe clark whiskey before breakfast june apple angeline the baker and more to demonstrate her method for teaching students how to embellish and vary melodies as a way to begin and improvise so go to pegheadnation.com and check that out this saturday we're also brought to you this week by Northfield Mandolins. Let's build more than a mandolin together. Check out their website at northfieldmandolins.com or download their app at mandosummit.app for lots of special performance recordings, demonstrations, and special workshops. And they, they're they not letting you down if you follow them on Instagram either. They are just posting more and more beautiful pictures of the work they're doing. its It's incredible. So make sure to follow them on the Instagrams. Also this week, Ear Trumpet Labs, speaking of Instagram, um, I've been posting those licks and I'm using my Edwina to record them. Man, I love that thing. It sounds so good. Uh, if you're not familiar with Ear Trumpet Labs, you've definitely seen them on stages or on videos or on YouTube. They're killer looking mandolins. They're hand built in Portland, Oregon. Their mics are beautifully designed to have great feedback rejection for live use and the most natural tone you'll find for acoustic instruments. So check them out. At eartrumpetlabs.com today and handcrafted mandolins designed and built in austin texas ellis mandolins it looks like they might have got some snow in austin texas here the other day my buddy kim warner posted a picture of some snow in texas so all right let's get into the episode here with carlo some amazing stuff he's got a killer youtube series out on the history of mandolin in Italy. He's got projects coming out, a whole bunch of cool stuff. So let's get into it here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Cheers, everybody. Now I'd like to welcome to the podcast, all the way from Italy, Carlo Anzo. Carlo, how are you?
1: I'm very good. Yes, thank you for inviting me here. Oh, thank you for uh, doing it.
0: Ciao to everybody. It's so amazing, the quality of... You sound like you're in the next room. This technology is outrageous, man.
1: Yes, Yes, we can fake uh, vicinity and distance. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Nowadays, so you've yeah. had a you've had a pretty busy
0: year. You've got a couple things that came out this year. Um, the first thing you have a recording out: the uh, fifteen Bach inventions for mandolin and guitar. <laughs>
1: This project uh, some years ago with uh, Mr. John Carlini from New Jersey, and uh, yeah, so we we did the, uh, the recordings, and um, yeah, lately we published them with uh, the support of the music sheets and the tabs, so they are now available for everybody. And uh, those, uh, you know, Bach wrote the best notes in the world. Yeah, <laughs> so. So you can, you can uh, enjoy back with those uh, pretty simple pieces. There are some that are not really easy, some of them, but uh, mostly they are pretty easy to, and uh, wonderful music, two voices. And uh, you can enjoy also with mandolin mandola and also with two mandolins as well. You know? So is a, this is a project that I'm proud uh, we made for uh, Hal Leonard with, uh, with John Carlini. Nice. Yes.
0: It's so beautiful sounding too, man. What a wonderful Thank recording. You.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. You, That's what,
0: you said that about Bach. He has the most the most perfect notes, and I think <laughs> it, what 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 is great about that too is it's uh, they sound so beautiful. It sounds so easy and effortless until some of them you sit down and you try to play them, and you're like, "Whoa, <laughs> right. wait yeah, a yeah, minute." Yeah.
1: <laughs> there is some challenging, and this is good because it's pretty simple in terms of musicality. Very. Uh, good concept uh, phrases and things and uh, but then you have also a bit a little bit of uh, challenging in put together the fingering and things yes so it's good but uh, about Bach uh, I also have a project is coming uh, soon that is uh, something else that I made with the the classical guitarist that uh, used to play with me that is uh, René Schiardo from the University of Wisconsin and uh, those are arrangements from the keyboard works. Oh, wow. So English suite, uh, French suite, uh, Italian concerto. So th- this will be something that will come out uh, pretty soon also. And that is a very virtuosistic uh, material. Oh, it's not like the, the two-part inventions. Wow, yeah, that's cool, yeah. man. So maybe when, when it will be out, we will uh, talk again.
0: Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I'd love that. And then on top okay. of this recording, you have this brand new video series out called 1000 Mandolins. Right. That's really, really exciting
1: and just cool, yes. man.
0: <laughs> Let's yeah, talk thanks, about that sure. real
1: quick. Well, um, we made those uh, series. It, it is a series of eight documentaries mm-hmm. about the history of mandolin. And we talked. The, we made eight episodes, each one about one town in Italy. Because uh, each city in Italy has its own uh, mandolin history, it is incredible how much we have, and we we didn't realize uh, also until we made uh, those uh, those documentaries. And uh, we made those documentaries during the first lockdown we had back in uh, March, April. So we were stuck at home, and I started to take out my my stuff from the archive, you know, original. Manuscripts and uh, original printing from <laughs> the other centuries, and we made uh, this uh, this documentary on Genoa, that is the city where uh, I live. I live near Genoa. Here we are in Ligurian region, and uh, so we started with this first episode on Genoa, and uh, started to learn how to make uh, videos and uh, recording and <laughs> documentaries, and then slowly, slowly we did. Uh, well, slowly we had to do this uh, week by week. So it was a weekly appointment, a weekly <laughs> <laughs> moment for this uh, documentary. We made eight and then uh, they asked for more. We, we made an extra one for Toscany, in Florence. And then they asked us to play, to talk about the, the immigrant mandolin because the mandolin went all over the world with the Italian immigration. To United States too, of course, we play mandolin today because the Italians came with their mandolins, you know, uh, more than 100 years ago. And so we talked, uh, we did also the documentary about the immigration focused especially in uh, uh, for the Australia because uh, the Italian Museum Melbourne asked us to do that. Oh, wow. Okay, so we produced that. And uh, what is great now that uh, CMSA, that is the Classical Mandolin Society of America, mm-hmm they made their own uh, annual convention in the clouds instead of going moving from city to city like they used to do A- and they asked us to uh, put uh, uh, subtitles on our documentaries english subtitles subtitles so now there there are also the there is the playlist of the documentaries uh, all with english uh, subtitles so you can follow the history of mandarin through its cities in italy uh, now, also with English subtitles, so
0: yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've got to watch a couple of them so far, and I love your passion for the instrument. It's <laughs> so obvious in all of those videos that it's like a true it isn't just something you did because you had time on your hands, it's something that you wanted to do, and uh it's right. it's great.
1: Thank you, thank you, yes, yeah, thank
0: absolutely you. so when did you when did you pick up a mandolin for the first time
1: Oh it, I was nine years old, probably. Maybe earlier than that, because my father was a mentally player. Oh, right, right. And uh, so I learned at home with him. It was, it was not easy to make him uh, teaching me, because <laughs> uh, usually at home is not easy. So we were lucky to have some uh, neighborhood friends like, at our age that they wanted also to learn. So we, you know, forced my father to, <laughs> to meet weekly for... Uh, mandolin for me, uh, music lessons. And so we started like a, a, a music school in my, my home. Oh, wow. <laughs> because, because after a while, uh, all my friends in, uh, uh, at school, uh, all my mates, uh, wanted to come to learn, you know, guitar, mandolin. So uh, we started to learn, uh, to, we started to teach what we just learned and so it, it it was the starting of a music school that was back in 1978 77 and, uh, and so after a while we formed a mandolin orchestra so you know it was uh, the re, re- um, building the rebuilding of the ancient circolo mandolinistico giuseppe verdi of savona and uh, that was born in 1913 so In uh, 1978, we reformed that uh, group, historical group. So, you know, it's a tradition here in Italy, and so we made. uh, You know, we followed those ancestors' uh, uh, roots.
0: (laughs) So, did you go to besides the like the family school? Then, did you
1: did you take that to like a university? Did you do higher
0: education in music as
1: well? Yes, after my father teaching, I went to the conservatory mm-hmm. in in Padua, is near Venice, where I got my degree under the guidance of Ugo Orlandi, that is the patriarch of the mandolin, classical mandolin, Italian. Yeah, so I got my degree at the conservatorium. Yes.
0: Wow, that's great! Right. And so, were you just moved by the classical music? Was that really what was your your first introduction? into my
1: father yeah Mm -hmm. my father sorry my father um uh, has had a a classical approach to the instrument so i learned classical music but he was also very passionate with the more folkish material so he used to play also uh, polkas and waltzes uh, you know mazurkas and so i have this kind of open mind that i'm not close to only one musical genre. Of course, my main language is classical music on the mandolin, but uh, I like also to to play some bluegrass and, and some choro and here and there, yes. And, and Italian folk.
0: Oh, when did you first hear bluegrass? Were you like, <laughs> what is this?
1: <laughs> yes. This is crazy because uh, I heard from... I remember it was in the eighties, mm-hmm. and uh, in our um, uh, news, in the news, regional news, they showed uh, a concert of uh, some that very cool music that was bluegrass music, and there was a concert of Doyle Lawson and Kick Silver. In, here in, in Genova, because uh, uh, Red Wine String Band organized it, they invited them and they organized this concert. I saw that instrument that seems to be like a mandolin sounded like a mandolin, exactly like a mandolin, and seems seemed to be like a mandolin. It was <laughs> not really a mandolin, you know, to my eyes. Sure. And uh, and so I, I I you know I felt crazy for that thing. I, I started to to search. You know, there was not internet back in those times. There was nothing, so I had to go to Genova to find those people that were playing this That's a strange thing. I found uh, the first recording. I found was Deliverance. Oh <laughs> no kidding! You know, yeah, yes. And so I didn't know that uh, what was a banjo, so I thought they were mandolin too. So I started to slow down the the thirty three LP. <laughs> and uh, uh, writing down all the notes and trying to play those roles and then yeah the mandolin was fine but the the other instrument was very strange i tried to play but it was like impossible then i re- later i realized it was not the mandolin it was played with by fingers the bench uh, oh right you know? <laughs> right yeah yeah huge difference so, <laughs> so i i had th- that kind of approach and then i i started to follow the genre. I went to Winfield, uh, you know, yeah. I was invited by Beppe Gambetta uh, to 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 compete in the Winfield contest. So I went there to compete with my bowback mandolin and I won in <laughs> 1987. <nice>. Congrats. So.
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
1: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was a fabulous story, yes.
0: <laughs> Did you win a mandolin? Was that was that the the grand prize, a mandolin at that time?
1: Yeah, I want the Gibson mandolin, yes. So I have the 1997 Gibson mandolin. Yes, he's still here. That's amazing. Yes. Did you play any bluegrass when you did that competition? No, not at all. No, I played my classical stuff, uh, calaches, music, uh, you know. Uh, That's almost not even
0: fair. (laughs) 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 They had to have been like, what is going on? That's amazing.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I couldn't compete with bluegrass music. They, uh, it's not my language. I like to play it, but it's uh, it's like I'm talking, I'm, I'm speaking English now, but you you can understand I'm not English at all. <laughs> right? Yeah. I can speak, so I can talk, uh, I can play classical music as my first mother tongue language. If I play bluegrass, it's funny, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's not my, you know, I cannot compete with that, with you Americans. <laughs> So it's good that they were open-minded, In you know, in uh, in the heart of uh, Kansas, they were open-minded for a different kind of mandolin. That was very, very surprising.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah. guessing you walked up there with a the bull back. If they hadn't heard you play yet, warming up, I bet their jaws were just dropped wide open looking at you, <laughs> the technique going, oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you remind to me one thing that they couldn't see me because the judge were in another building, so right. they didn't see the mandolin. So that was just about the repertoire.
0: So when you went to university, then obviously you're—I mean, you were all about playing mandolin for a, a living and making that your making that your vocation. Uh,
1: I went to. You know, I didn't really think that that was, could be my uh, full-time job oh, Music? No kidding. I, I will, so, I was a firefighter, professional firefighter for 25 years.
0: Oh, wow. No kidding.
1: <laughs> yes. Wow. In, in, in the firefighter, I became uh, the fire department. I, I became uh, a, 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 a fireboat captain. So I was a fireboat captain for, as professional firefighter, playing my mandolin as half, uh, as a, how you say, half, um, you know, it was not full-time. Like a hobby, part-time? Like a hobby, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, high-level hobby, but uh, not professional. I became professional, like, I I quit the the firefighters, like, two years ago, four years ago, only.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yes, I, I left the, the fire department four years ago for the music only, and uh, and I was uh, traveling all around the world uh, all year long, until last March, where we had the lockdowns. So I I had to stop my touring, of course, like everybody, all, all the musicians in the world. And so now I got the a position to. For teaching at the conservatory in Ferrara, it is a wonderful, wonderful medieval city near Bologna, and uh, I I teach in the conservatory there now.
0: Yeah, I just assumed you play at such a high level that 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 would have been you're just because you had that you did an album with David Grisman, and in two thousand and one, one
1: yes. After (laughs) 9-11. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was in Winfield uh, uh, when it happened, 9-11. Oh, my goodness. It was at the Winfield Festival. And uh, the first day they opened the flights. I had my flight to California to... You know, to meet with uh, David Griezmann, and, and we started to do the recording. <laughs>
0: yeah. So how did you how did you meet Dog and um, and and set up that recording session? Because that again, that album's is it's just incredible.
1: Thank you. Well, uh, did you ask how how did we meet for the recording, or how did I meet? Uh... Yeah. How did when was the first time that you met David? Yeah, the first time I met David was again thankful to. John Carlini and uh, and uh, and Mike, our friends uh, in New Jersey, because David was uh, having a, a concert in, in in a university in New Jersey, and I was there with the uh, Beppe Gambetta, and um, and so we drove uh, in an amazing <laughs> snowstorm, really crazy, really crazy snowstorm. <laughs> but we were able to get there and we watched the Griezmann show with uh, his quintet and then after the show we went uh, backstage and uh, David Griezmann met uh, Beppe Gambetta and he said oh Beppe wow I heard uh, your last album the Mandarin player who is playing with you is amazing <laughs> and so <laughs> Beppe Gambetta is he's, he's here <laughs> so that was uh, the the, the of the story with David Griezmann. he invited us to to go to his studio to to do a recording he uh, a dual recording but uh, we insisted uh, a lot that he should uh, join us so we had uh, this uh, joint venture with traversata cd with uh, you know the three of us yeah that was
0: yeah awesome. i love that album thank you i, I- I also want to point out you. Um, I've had a lot of people on the podcast who have played, you know, like historic venues. You know, played like Madison Square Garden or the Ryman. Um, you've mm-hmm. played for the Pope.
1: <laughs> yes, that's I'm a pretty exclusive gig.
0: <laughs>
1: well, I played at Ryman too, yeah, have you and, really? and for the Pope.
0: <laughs> You're definitely the only person I've had on here who's played for the Pope.
1: <laughs> how did uh, how did that come about? Uh, that was uh, actually I think it was still uh, same age, same 2001. It was the meeting of the families. Uh, uh, so it was uh, like uh, you know annual party party he does for families in Vatican City. In Saint Peter Square, and uh, and uh, you know, it's a huge event. With uh, there were like uh, two different uh, string orchestras in different places, our mandolin orchestra in another place, uh, uh, kids uh, choir. You know, it was a, a crazy event uh, uh, with international uh, um, TV broadcasting. You know, so that was uh, yeah. And we played uh, a new composition by Vincenzo Zitello that he made for for us. Uh, it was like uh, a modern mass uh, music with some singers. Yeah, that was the event. Uh, but I was uh, my own orchestra. It was not my uh, me as a solo, but uh, I, I, it was with my mandolin orchestra I brought there. Yes,
0: <laughs> that is amazing.
1: <laughs> cool. Yes yeah you can you can play yeah i played also carnegie hall
0: (laughs) yeah i was gonna say you just yeah you played carnegie hall as well
1: yeah 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 that's amazing
0: (laughs) so in like carnegie hall for you you know like here that's like such a big you know there's a an old thing of of like how do you get to carnegie hall practice (laughs) (laughs) Practice, practice, yeah was it was it just as legendary to you to hear that you were going to be playing carnegie hall coming from italy
1: I was invited uh, for uh, an Italian uh, special show two years in a row so oh, wow. I, I was like the soloist for this uh, this uh, show Italian show so yeah I, I was the, the special guest from Italy with the the Italian uh, instrument uh, the symbol of Italy instrument yeah. yes Mm -hmm. That's so amazing, man! It's a pretty good stage.
0: I can't believe you're doing all this while you've been a while you were a firefighter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a strange story. Yeah.
0: How did you? Um, what was your practice routine like? You know, because again, your your precision and and playing technique is just so incredible, and I would imagine that I mean it would require some pretty intense daily. Practice time to keep that up.
1: Well, we have very special exercises <laughs> for uh, to you know to fix the the fingers in the in the proper place with the proper speed and power. Uh, but um, at the section marine section where where I was, I I had pretty you know waiting for for rescuing. Uh, i I had uh, I could organize also my my training there oh good after, good after after the firefighting uh, training I had time to to practice as well as there if this was your question uh, yeah,
0: yeah it was just like yeah yeah I, I can't imagine like that technique and because you have out on the internet there are the 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 family scales. The um, yeah yeah, let's talk about those. Those are uh, those are pretty cool. Is that the is is that the scales you were talking about? The exercises.
1: That's right. Yeah, that is the beginning of this. Uh, let's call it system that uh, can make you you know be more aware of the position on the fingerboard of your fingers. Yes, so you can play in position with no fear, because uh, all the fingers uh, have, uh, you you build uh, your own reference points. So where the fingers are, um, you have reference between fingers, you know? So you can play scales all over uh, with the reference points. You know, it's a a special uh, system that my father started and I uh, uh, perfectionate.
0: Now, can people buy, you say that was like, there's the, the, the initial set that are out there. Is there, because um, you're an author as well, along with the, the Hal Leonard book, you have a few different books out there. Is there a book out there that they have more advanced of these scale techniques and fingering exercises?
1: No, so far it, it has not published, this uh, system. Yeah, I, I will uh, work on that, of course. Uh, what is published with uh, Hal Leonard is a, a solo Mandarin collection. Starting from, uh, you not know, progressive. You know, very easy uh, until uh, concert player masterpieces. Okay, this is the book uh, for Hal Leonard. Yeah, the other one because I have two. Yeah, one is with uh, John Kelly, the other one is this one. The third book I have out is with Mel Bay, and that is a, a collection of uh, Italian folk songs, from Northern Italy. So it's not uh, about the Neapolitan songs, but about. Uh, uh, instrumental northern italy folk songs for mandolin this is Melbay and uh, this is a collection of uh, cool uh, uh, dance pieces uh, uh, from uh, from italy yes neat okay.
0: well, who were some of the uh, composers when you were growing up that you really that you really loved playing and, and, and diving into
1: yeah vivaldi you know this guy yeah absolutely <laughs> my father you know launched it to me like a challenge to play the four seasons oh wow that uh, is a, a cons- is a concerto for solo and an orchestra okay so the solo is uh, you know is pretty challenging so when i was a kid he, he told me yeah you should play this and late, later much later i was able to do that actually it made the first uh, recording uh, of the four seasons on the mandolin as soloist The complete four seasons, yes. It is a, the, quite a challenge, uh, yes.
0: I can't imagine how long. I mean,
1: probably like a lifetime of, of work. But how right. long?
0: How long? Yeah. How, how old were you when you recorded
1: that? How old? It was like uh, three, four years ago. Oh, yeah? okay. It's a late thing. Yeah. This is uh, that is also very nice material to play. Of course, there are some pretty high difficulties, but also very nice and pretty. Music to play on the mandolin. They works. They work very good for on the mandolin too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of these recordings,
0: you know, like nowadays, a lot of times you, there's so many, so many things available, and in, in a lot of I'm definitely in the bluegrass world and of of mandolin players. So you mm-hmm. know, there's um, a lot of by ear or recordings you listen to and then learn it. But you, I'm assuming you must be a pretty great sight reader. So, did you learn a lot of stuff like just from manuscripts?
1: Yes, uh, our um, mo- ma- many of our sources are from uh, original manuscripts. Wow! Yes, because uh, there, w- there was a lack of uh, studies on the Mandarin history in the past. So, late, late in the late in the later. Uh, Years like in the, the last twenty years, they found a lot of material that was, you know, nobody to care about. Instead, uh, sometimes they found uh, incredible, wonderful compositions. So, for example, Beethoven compositions for mandolin they were not published until the twentieth century. You know, so you had to to go to the. Have manuscripts and find out uh, what were the good uh, notes. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> now it's almost uh, almost everything is available. You know, printed edition, revision this edition. Of course, that is good because uh, we can spread around the the word about the manly music. Actually, I can tell you about uh, this project that uh, it will um, be out very soon uh, um, uh, because we are preparing uh, a a catalog of music. Uh, so it will be available on, on my website. So music material for, for Mandarin, from solo Mandarin to Mandarin guitar, and uh, quartet, Mandarin orchestra, Mandarin piano, you know, all the combinations. And uh, soon uh, in er- the early uh, new year, we will open this uh, catalog, this uh, store of mandolin music, yes. Oh,
0: wow, that's awesome.
1: So, yeah, this is also something that, that we are looking forward to, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Do you teach Do you teach online lessons?
1: I do, yeah, yes. Yeah,
0: there we go. So if people want to learn some of these scales that we're talking about a few moments ago, yeah. that's a great way yeah, for that to happen.
1: You go to carloaunso.com, all the contacts are there and uh, yeah is um, I teach online uh, since many years now so i'm pretty confident with this system and um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah i <laughs> i'm very i'm very glad to have the opportunity to share with uh, people far away people that uh, also have not the um, possibility to have a teacher locally uh, especially for classical mandolin, because it's not very usual, especially in the United States, uh, to have a, you know a, a classical mandolin teacher. So, yes, th- this is something that we can do. Yeah.
0: Yeah, have one of the best right at your uh, right <laughs> on your computer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> you have a, yeah. a, another really great album out too, the the trio album, um, the Mandolin Journey. For, if people aren't familiar with you, I'd love to maybe have you talk about the concept of that. It's so cool.
1: Thank you. Mandarin Journey is the first album I made with my own trio uh, that has uh, Lorenzo Piccone on the guitar. This is a flat-picking guitar. And uh, Luciano Pupo on the bass, double bass. And uh, we made uh, a journey, a trip around the world, uh, discovering all the musical genres where the mandolin is uh, the main character so we started from italy with the folk uh, music polkas and uh, we went to french with the musette uh, waltzes and we went to southern america with uh, some Choro, northern america some swing so we had uh, this idea to bring uh, especially also to, to italians and Europeans, people, they don't know that mandolin is not only uh, Neapolitan songs. It's also uh, classical music, music, yes, but also mm, is an actual instrument. It's a modern instrument that is uh, mo- uh, that can uh, speak many different languages. So we did this, uh, this journey around the world with the mandolin and then back. Uh, so with some uh, new arrangements on uh, our own... Uh, um music uh, evergreens you know and and actually that was our first album and we made a second one that is a, a journey around Italy so we went all over Italy in the different regions and uh, rearranging uh, uh, in, you know the pieces that are symbol symbol of uh, our, our country Yes. So we made with uh, new arrangements, uh, with some uh, new sound, and uh, so let let letting the the uh, people l- listen about this different kind of uh, way to approach the mandolin. It is not the strictly the folk or the classical mandolin.
0: How did you get? How did you get turned into the choral uh, music?
1: Is um, well because uh, probably the first time I heard it was um, probably was uh, because of uh, David Griezmann because he produced the Jacob uh, Jacob da Bandolim music. Yeah, so I me- I I met this uh, this music uh, back in uh, 2001 when we went uh, in Petaluma and. Uh, he gave us this pro- this uh, production of Jacob. Yeah, that was another surprise.
0: What are what are a couple of the pieces that you've worked on and, and the composers that make stuff that where you ha- where you have to sit down and be like, okay, <laughs> this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna <laughs> take a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, there is um there is uh, there are some composers um, specifically for mandolin mm-hmm. that are pretty pretty. Un easy to play very challenging this uh, one, one for all is uh, giuseppe milanesi milanesi is like from milano milan this is very very high quality and uh, very challenging music it takes uh, yes a lot uh, with you know you know new positions a combination that you never had before chords you know What uh, I like very much to play uh, when I was uh, a teenager learning was uh, the Paganini's uh, Capriccios. yes those those were also something very very challenging and cool to understand how you know to solve the puzzle of of the fingers on the fingerboard on the right hand technique yes
0: yeah so how do you go about solving that puzzle like when you're sitting down and trying to think about you know because again from the world i come from aside from like some double stops and stuff a lot of it's you know a lot of it's in those first five frets <laughs> you know what i mean you can kind of hang out there and and be all right you know but uh, uh that the paganini stuff no way
1: <laughs> yeah 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 amazing sequence of uh, double stops in all commission thirds fourth fifth but also uh, octaves and then more and then tenth <laughs> and sometime in 11th, you know in in uh Inconsequent strings, how you can spread to is a yeah, and then with harmonics. So, you know, (laughs) it's a double stops, uh, double stops of harmonics. Wow! So many different uh, things uh, uh, that you know that that was, uh, you know, like uh, you say to yourself, okay, this is a never ending. uh, game huh? so it's good because I will do it all my life long there will, there will be not the end <laughs> so it's philosophical
0: what's the uh, what's the most challenging piece to to date that you've that you've worked on that you've conquered
1: yeah probably those by Milanese are very very hard some of the padanica I mean preachers, but the four seasons also is also very challenging you know, and then it depends because as soon as you learn them, you know, they are not uh, anymore the most challenging. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you have to search for something different. Well, also the um, Piazzolla, uh, his, History of Tango, the, the fourth, the fourth uh, piece, the, the fourth movement the sh- uh, is also very challenging if you want to search something very challenging.
0: How do you approach that when you're when you're learning that to uh to to keep patience and not just be like "All right forget it <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's um it's very it's actually it's very very simple the solution is the reiteration so the repetition and repetition and uh, to to go very deep in the elements of the problem so probably you get, uh, there is an episode that is uh, impossible, and then you split it in two parts, still impossible, and you split it again into parts until you go to three notes, you know, in a row, and, be- and maybe four. So you start to play those three, four notes in a row and looping them until the fingers, is, uh, until it is normal for your fingers. So you, you acquire the uh, muscle memory So it will be like uh, a word that you are saying with your mouth. You don't think what muscles are you moving, right? Because you learned how to say that word. And that is the same. You put together two, three, four notes. That is a word. And your fingers will learn how to say that word. And then you go to the next word. And you do a loop of the next uh, word, the next phrase. And you do it until it is, you know, like... uh, Water, (laughs) like to say, well, yeah, right, yeah. And then you put together two the two words, and you did uh, a very small step in your learning. But those are forever. You will never forget. You know that those two words, those combination of uh, notes and uh, muscle memory, makes sense. Does it make sense? Totally makes sense for sure. And so you, and so you go for the whole piece so you need a lot of time patience and uh, analysis and it's so cool you know to understand the the words of those phrases and the meaning of the whole period you know you uh, you really learn uh, the meaning of a whole uh, period sometimes it's very complicated to understand what the composer wanted to say where it starts the phrase where it finishes so this is this is what, uh, what is nice and in the classical music approach, because you understand exactly the the different phases, uh, the, the, the the discussion, the the topic, you know, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> and then, um, when you when you perform live, is it all memorization?
1: Yes, it's not usual for classical musicians. There are different thoughts. There are different schools so some some follow the the school of the reading, so you perfectionate on the best reading and also the interpretation the musicality on a reading, so you can perfectionate on that so and uh but also you can memorize and there's a different approach uh I like to memorize so when I play. But this is the really When I play with my trio, non-classical music, of course, I don't read. It's all, uh, only by memory. And classical music is a little more complicated because you you play mostly different repertoire concert by concert, so you don't have time or, or uh, to concentrate on just one piece. You know. Sure. But I do with some of them that are most uh, common in my. Uh, co- concert programs like uh, Beethoven's uh, four mandolin pieces with piano I can play by memory or other pieces that are more common in the programs yeah. for seasons by memory of course Yeah, when you play as, as something like that as a soloist uh, it is not chamber music is more like soloist yes it's better to to memorize uh, and be more free and also when you are on stage to express the, the solo, you know?
0: That's a, I can't, I just, I, I have nightmares that like, I'll see every now and then watching something on YouTube or, or, or a documentary or something, and then just see all those sheets in front of the performer. I'm like, how do you find your spot?
1: If you look away for a second,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be lost.
1: Yeah. Is it? Well, this is a nightmare for a, you for people that I use it to play by ear, but uh, those people that read music usually have have the nightmare that uh, they cannot play one note, a single note, if they can, if they don't read it. Yeah, you know?
0: yeah. I played with a person like that um, before, yeah. and uh, they they couldn't. They don't improvise at all. They just needed everything. They could play yeah. whatever you put in front of them. But if it was just like, ah, just play whatever yeah. you want, they're like, yeah, I, I don't do that. <laughs> 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 but it's it's really interesting because I I yes. couldn't do it. If, if that person would have given me a piece of sheet music, you know, yeah. that was complex for sure, you know, I would have mm-hmm. been like, there's just no way. And even if it wasn't complex, it'd probably take me half the, half the day <laughs> to sit down. Yeah, and-
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why I usually invite uh, students, you know, one way, Classicals, um, they have, when they have classical approach and they read music only, I invite them, you know, I push them to play also by ear. It's very important to develop that feeling that, uh, and in the same way, when I teach to students that uh, are able only with tablature or by ear, I really invite them to, to, you know, to push themselves to learn how to read because, uh, you you will miss uh, an, an immense uh, treasure of uh, of uh, you know musical expression if you are not able to read the music that is written for the mandolin, you know if if you want to because uh, when it comes very complex is uh, not easy to play by ear and uh, anyway why you know you you could not access to that material that is uh, written down
0: yeah and yeah. even like fiddle tunes you know there's a um... It, there's just websites tons of websites that have thousands mm-hmm. of of transcriptions for free of like all these mm-hmm. songs you know and you know I mean I imagine you probably get to a point like it's like reading a book where you can you can pick it up but it's 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 uh it's cool but I admire anyone who can mm. sit down with a piece and just be like oh yeah mm. this is how this sounds it's so yeah, cool yeah, it's like yeah. magic to me yeah
1: <laughs> Well, it's uh, magic when uh, you do it uh, with somebody else. You know, you side-read uh, with uh, you know your partner, and you are ready to perform it after the first reading, you know? That is, yeah. Oh, that neat. is very cool. Yeah, practice. man. Yes, yes. <laughs> what is uh, What is your main instrument that you play? Is a... Um, Of course, a bowback mandolin built in 1996, uh, 1994, and is um, uh, handmade by Pandini in Ferrara, actually, where I teach now. He's uh, an amazing uh, mandolin maker um, that used to to build uh, historical... uh, uh, bolognese uh, kind of mandolin that is a little different in the shape and then started to to build uh, the bow back with uh, very thin uh, ribs, and uh, this is my only instrument i played this only this one
0: how did you decide that that was gonna be the one for you
1: well i was lucky when uh, i went to visit him Uh, he had like five uh, mandolins to try and uh, I got uh, all of them <laughs> I brought uh, you know I, I, I brought away with me all of them and then I brought home and I played them you know for, for uh, like a day or two and so I picked the, the one that I'm still playing today and I can tell you that uh, one another one of those fives He's in David Griezmann's hands.
0: Oh no, kidding!
1: <laughs> yeah, because uh, ten years after, I was able to find one of them of those fives, and uh, I brought it to to Griezmann. Yeah.
0: Oh wow, that's cool! And now, do you own other? Uh, you have the Gibson that you won. Yes. Do you have any other instruments um,
1: around to you besides those? Yeah, I, I had uh, um, Giacomo made one uh, for me a prototype, but uh, we he's still working on that. So for one year, I played uh, that blowback mandolin <laughs> 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 because uh, it is like a, a flat uh, back mandolin, but with with uh, the a, 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 a ball back but it is not really likeable. Anyway, if you want to take a look to it, it is a blowback mandolin. You can find it a video on, on YouTube where I, I play it. Very cool mandolin. And, uh, and then I have some historical mandolins, uh, from Italy, like, uh, uh, Vinaccia or, uh, Emberger, uh, school, you know, those, uh, very ancient mandolins, back in night, uh, the beginning of nineteenth century. Sometimes we need those instruments for historical recordings. Mm-hmm. And I have also a baroque uh, mandolin; it's a copy of a baroque mandolin mm-hmm. for baroque music. Yeah.
0: What about yeah. Um, uh, picks and plectrums? What do you uh, what do you use? Do you do you vary or do you just use one?
1: I just use one. It is. Um, has my name on it? Oh, nice! So, yeah. So, I will. Uh, um, if you go to my website, you will find the link to to that um, to the pick that I use. I uh, I used uh, a tortoise plectrum, but uh, I <clears throat> working with this company that is in Naples. We found a good compromise with the you know artificial material uh, and the shape. That uh, is important to have uh, for the classical style.
0: What's the? Can so, you kind of describe the shape for those listening?
1: Is a drop uh, teardrop uh, shape. Oh, okay. Wow. You know? So kind of small. Yes. Kind of small, respect the bluegrass. Yeah, but yeah, it's not right. uh, <laughs> completely small. Mm-hmm. And uh, is uh, the gauge is hard for classical music? My gauge, but is uh, probably. Medium for bluegrass. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: is it yeah. Uh, yeah? Is it um? So it's the thickness of it is
1: pretty one millimeter. Oh okay. yeah, yeah, uh, wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's great, man. So you got the signature yeah. pick and everything. Right. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. What do you currently um? What what's what piece of music are you currently working on?
1: um i'm uh well i'm i'm um me- i'm uh, working on memorizing okay because also this is very very interesting as a brain exercise to memorize uh new music and uh i'm doing this in this period uh, with the cello suites arranged for mandolin for you know for yeah in the soprano in the key, in our key. And so I'm memorizing, I'm working on memorizing now, Mm -hmm. this period. Oh, cool. Do
0: you have any tips
1: for memorizing? Again, uh, going deep, uh, splitting the phrases and same system to learn word by word. So I'm putting together the the period and uh, I think also drinking less alcohol is good. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a off topic for your program sorry that. <laughs> oh, that's alright I'm drinking water <laughs> right now so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's so cool that uh, there is a, not only a program uh, a radio program just on mandolin that was cool to discover that uh, there is something like that. Oh,
0: yeah, thanks. Yeah, I yeah. Um, I, uh, I couldn't believe there and wasn't one. <laughs> That's why I started it. I was like, wait a minute, there's no, pod- right. no podcast for mandolin players?
1: That's right. Yeah, this is great. And it's cool to see that uh, the mandolin can be matched with uh, beer drinking. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> but... Uh, Talking about uh, matching mandolin with uh, beer drinking, I think uh, we are missing this in Italy because uh, we match better with, with wine in this, for, for <laughs> classical mandolin, maybe. <laughs> wine for. tasting and classical music, yeah, probably. we We... we yeah, next podcast. <laughs> yeah, the mandolins and wine. Perfect. Yeah, and this yes. is
0: interesting. This, you, normally, I save this for the last question, but it's perfect timing to, to talk about this. But you, um, with both wine and beer, you say tasting, but you mean that quite literally, as in tasting, because you are a fruitarian.
1: That's right, yes. So I limit myself to, to taste. Yeah. <laughs> yes, because... Um, I do, I have this diet of li- lifestyle, is better to say lifestyle, since uh, six years. And, um, and I'm not, uh, you know, into drinking anymore. Actually, I'm talking also about drinking water. I don't drink water. I, when I'm thirsty, it happens almost never because I just eat fruit. And this is the way I get uh, liquids or water, not from, directly from fruit. So it's uh, live uh, water that is uh, in, in the fruit. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So...
0: Yeah. How did you, how did you get into that diet? Or that, I should say lifestyle.
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, um, a student of mine uh, went into this uh, diet, this raw food diet. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he told me the first time, I thought uh, he was uh, he was going to die very soon. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I told him, "Are you crazy are, are, are you you know controlling your analysis and things are you sure you know and his body was you know uh, deforming, it was uh, changing, you know so. But after he was feeling better and better and better, so after about two years, I started to think, hmm, maybe there is something true in this. I wasn't feel good. I wasn't happy of, uh, you know, myself. Uh, also, my behave as uh, in eating, you know. So I started to say, okay, let's do a little uh, de intoxication thing. Oh, sure. I, I asked him. What do you suggest to do to de- intoxicate from something? What is the worst thing? he said, try to avoid the wheat, wheat, you know? So can you believe in Italy to not eat wheat? Yeah, I was going to say, holy no cow. No pasta. <laughs> oh my no goodness. No cakes. Uh, <laughs> so was uh, like a nightmare. I tried. So I said, okay, for a month I I will avoid uh, the wheat. And I was able to do that. We were very special tricks in my house. You know, I had to have ready uh, fruit uh, salads or other things, chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Something that could, you know, substitute the the, the wheat uh, products. And then after a month, I felt so good that I said, okay, I will keep it a little bit more. And then after that, I never went back. Wow. Actually, instead of uh, when uh, going back, I started to avoid other things that uh, didn't, you know, satisfy me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, yeah, the meat was very rare and uh, all the, slowly, slowly the rice, slowly, slowly other things. So I went uh, after one year and a half. I did a transition of uh, one year and a half. I became raw, raw food. And... And uh, soon only fruit, because is uh, is enough. So now I'm eating again some uh, uh, not fruit but raw food like uh, salads oh, okay, or yeah. the products. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, but
1: no- uh, mainly, mainly is I would say 80 85 uh, percent is only fruit.
0: Wow. So I normally ask what your avocados. is nah, that, that was it. Avocado. I was gonna say what's your favorite fruit. I would normally ask your favorite yeah. beer, but avocados. The <laughs> avocados the
1: one. Probably yes, avocado is uh, is great because uh, it's the most nutrient and it uh, you know it feed you it uh, fills you very much. I yeah. So uh, avocado probably is the best one in term of um, consistency, in terms of taste. Uh, Probably mangoes. Are mm, yeah. The best. Oh, yeah. The, the good mangoes. Yeah, they are Yeah, very, very, very good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, now I have, I've got one question left for you. And that would okay. be if you had 10 minutes a day to recommend something for someone to work on to help them get better, mm-hmm. what
1: would you recommend? Yes. We already talked about that. They are also family scale. <laughs> if you go with that, if you have uh, you know too, not too much time, yes, that is the best way to warm up and to fix your reference points for the left hand, for the right hand also. Very easy to play. You can uh, play it meanwhile you are having your own coffee. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that is the the first uh, probably the first exercise my father. It, uh, sorry for uh, <laughs> the tuning yeah no so worries. this is a uh, yeah this is um, probably the the, the most uh, easy and practical exercise that uh, you know yeah brings you to play all over the fingerboard and uh, yeah it's very practical yeah, that's and great. it uh, develops so you can develop uh, in different positions with a system of modes mm-hmm. with this, with a system of modes you can go other positions very easily and uh, so it uh, is interesting to to follow to understand that uh, uh, fingerboard system with the, with the, that scale yeah
0: and if they want to get if they if they get to that and they're interested in finding out more versions of that scale they can contact you via your website and set themselves up with a lesson.
1: Yes. For example. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, Carlo, man, this is this has been an absolute pleasure. It's great to talk My to you. My pleasure. I can't wait till My all pleasure. this uh, travel stuff ends. So hopefully we can meet in
1: person one day. That's right. Yes. Yes. I hope. Uh, yeah. To have the chance to to meet you. Same here. Have uh, some good, great music together. I'll bring the mangoes. <laughs> I'll bring the beers. Perfect. <laughs> awesome, Carlo.
0: Thank you so much for doing this, buddy. I really, really appreciate it.
1: What we can say, sorry, before you close, is uh, we were talking about before we started the the, the, the program, uh, come to visit us uh, at our academias, our um, camps. Oh,
0: yeah, your camp, yes. You know?
1: Yes. This is, uh, for example, next year in August in Genoa we will have our one week long camp and uh, it is a great is a fabulous fabulous uh, experience really so come to visit us uh, at our camps you can find uh, in a, to my website you will go also to my camps uh, 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 or, uh, like the little tab? Details.
0: Yeah. yeah is is it, yeah, yeah. is registration open already for it
1: Uh, no 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 it's not open yet but we will open it soon and of course if you are interested you can write to us and we will keep you informed about when the registration opens yeah
0: perfect awesome
1: Carlo well thank you again so much (laughs) ciao Daniel congratulations for your program and ciao everybody thank you for listening uh, to this um, episode (laughs) of the podcast
0: What a nice guy, man. Carlo, and a killer player. Be sure to check out those recordings. Be sure to follow the Spotify playlist. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Talk to you all next week. Cheers, everybody.